Hello, I'm Greg. Let's have an inappropriate conversation about Halloween treats. It's actually going to be a bit of a two-parter. Treats this time, tricks next time. story on haunted houses and yours has been chosen the spookiest one of all thank you we do try beware of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door and all around the wall a splotch a blotch be careful of the blob beware of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door and all around the wall a splotch a blotch be Lurch, they're ganging up on me. What'll I do? Run. Oh, my name is Super Snooper, and I'm really super duper when it comes to solving crime. If you want to check the super, just call on Super Snooper and Blabber Mouse. We'll save you every time. We are detectives for hire. Super Snooper speaking. What's the caper? I want to report my neighbors. Listen to this. <laughs> uh, okay, lady, my 
associate and I will be over in a jiffy. Go out in the garage and warm up the jiffy, Blab. Aye, aye, Private Eye. the police? What's the matter with you, Blab? We are the police, remember? Ring the dingling doorbell. Hey, some doorbell, huh, Blab? Good evening, gentlemen. Lovely weather we're having. Never mind the weather report, pal. Who done it? Where's the corpus delectable and where's the body? But, gentlemen, there must be some mistake. Yeah, and you made it. But I'm gruesome. Weirdly gruesome. Yeah, I'm inclined to go along with that. Maybe we'd better go in and have a look-see around. Okay, it's your funeral. Look, Snoop. Hanging up there on the wall. A head. Hmm. Must be the head of the house. <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Grossom, uh, you sure got a weird house. Oh, that's very nice of you to say so. I thank you very much. We better be getting back to the office, hadn't we, Snoop? Yes, that is quite right, my trusty assistant. But you can't go now. <laughs> How come we can't go? Listen. Hear that storm? It's getting worse and worse. Besides, my lovely wife and I have asked a few friends over for a little party. Uh, I hate to ask. A party? Why not? You only live once. <laughs> or twice. So, why not make the most of it? Uh, uh, oh, we will We will have a, a perfectly horrible evening. We'll all have a... It'll just be miserable. It will do all kinds of... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can make book on that. There's one of our guests arriving now. A gentleman, I would like you to meet a very dear, sweet friend of mine. Snooper, isn't that, isn't that Frankenstein? Oh, excuse me, I have a horrible feeling there's another guest at the door. If it isn't my old friend, the Wolfman. Oh, I am so sorry my dog bit you. It's all right, Creep Doll. I bit him back. <laughs> uh, there's somebody or uh, something at the window, Blab. Uh, Blab, what, what is that? Oh, don't be alarmed, friend. It's just another old friend of mine. The bat. He just flew in from London. Quiet, ladies and ja- uh, fellow monsters. I have a big surprise for all of you. You remember the genius, Dr. Frank N. Stein? The eccentric, uh, uh, weird little doctor is upstairs in the attic right now. 
He's building something. I don't know what it is, but when he finishes this uh, thing he's working on, we'll all get to see it. Blab, sounds like something monstrous is going to happen. Like a brand new Frankenfurter monster. <laughs> was walking down the beach one bright and sunny day I saw a great big wooden box a-floating in the bay I pulled it in and opened it up and much to my surprise Ooh, I discovered a Right before my eyes Ooh, I discovered a Right before my eyes I picked it up and ran to town as happy as a king I took it to a guy I knew who'd buy most anything But this is what he hollered at me as I walked in his shop Oh, get out of here with that Before I call a cop Oh, get out of here with that Before I call a cop I turned around and got right out of running for my life And then I took it home with me to give it to my wife But this is what she hollered at me as I walked in the door Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more I wandered all around the town until I chanced to meet A hobo who was looking for a hand out on the street He said he'd take most any old thing He was a desperate man But when I showed him the He turned around and ran Oh, when I showed him the He turned around and ran I wandered on for many years A victim of my fate Until one day I came upon St. Peter at the gate And when I tried to take it inside He told me where to go Get out of here with that And take it down below Oh, get out of here with that And take it down below The moral of the story is If you're out on the beach And you should see a great big box And it's within your reach Don't ever stop and open it up That's my advice to you Cause you'll never get rid of them No matter what you do Oh, you'll never get rid of them No matter what you do some party, huh, Snoop? Uh, Frank, like Blab, I've had more fun at my dentist's. But we're stuck with these creeps till the storm lets up. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, witches and monsters, roll back the rugs. We're going to try a new dance. It goes like this.
Sure got a swing and bash going for you here, Creepy, but uh, we have to run along. Yes, we uh, we hate to be party poopers, but we're too pooped to party. But you can't go. Can't? How's come? It's still stormy outside. Open the window. Now what, Snoop? We can't leave. Yeah, we're morons. Nobody can leave till morning, so you'll all have to spend the night here. What about my Keith Snooper and me? You can both sleep in the butler's room with Frankenstein. You know what? I got a hunch this is going to be a long, long night. <laughs> Something tells me this house is haunted, Snoop. Oh, for Pete's sake, Blamp, go to sleep. I can't, Snoop. I'm scared. Scared? What's there to be scared of, Blamp? After all, you're among friends. Yeah, like Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy, the Bad, and, and Frankenstein. Well, I didn't hear anything but some kind of a electrical machinery. Electrical machinery? Sounds like it's coming from up in the attic. Yeah, where that weird little doctor's waking. Let's go see if we can find out what he's up to, Blab. Snoop, looky, through the keyhole. Huh? I don't see nothing suspicious-like. Just that a uh, strange little old Dr. Frankenfurter building a plain old Frankenfurter-type monster. Snoop, look! That giant monster! It's... It's coming to life! Worse than that, Blab. That... That thing's coming this way! Run, Blab, run! Snoop, that monster's trying to get out the door! <laughs> Down, Irving. Down? Dr. Frankenfighter, get that thing out of here. Oh, <laughs> don't you worry. Irving wouldn't harm nobody. <laughs> yeah, Irving's uh, kind of big for his age, isn't he, Doc? Yes, that's where I made my terrible mistake. I made Irving too big. I can't get him out of the house. Uh, hold everything, Doc. I just had me a brainstorm. Operator? Hello, uh, would you uh, kindly connect me with the uh, fire department? Okay, this way, man. I say, where's the fire? Uh, there's no fire, man, but we do need a little assistance. Would you mind chopping a hole in the roof? so as we can get Irving out through the roof? Oh, 
to the roof. Why, we'd love it. Uh, come on, fellas, let's hear those old axes go. Keith, you've done it again. That about wraps up case number 999. Well, you're right about that, blab, oh wordy colleague. <laughs> facial characteristics of a criminal. You know, the, the narrow chin and the eyes close together and slack jaw with a prominent overbite. Demonstrate. Now, some men are afraid of girls. Well, that's silly. Girls can't hurt you. A brave man just sweeps the female right off her feet. Nothing to it. Some men are afraid of men. No red-blooded American boy should be afraid of men. <laughs> be bold, be firm, and above all, be sure-footed. <laughs> Some men are afraid of ghosts. That's kid stuff. Uh, do haunted houses scare you? <laughs> They're mortar, stone, and wood. <laughs> well, good, because you're going to spend the murder night in the Simmons house alone. Some men are afraid of their shadows. <laughs> Some shadows are afraid of their men. <laughs> so what is brave? How should I know? I'm chicken. 
against who you think you are. A little pipsqueak like you fighting us in court, just who do you think you are? Drop dead, that's who. All right, Luther, now just calm down. Calm! Calm! Do murder and calm go together? Calm and murder? He'd started as a roving reporter with murder on his beat. Now he's a raving reporter as he tries to solve the mystery of the secret passage, the blood-dripping portrait, the ghostly organist. And you're chicken if you miss this movie. Okay, so what I plan to put together here is really nothing more than a series of sound collages. And in this one, I started off with a tip of the hat to Lamont Cranston, the uh, character from The Shadow. Uh, Then the music from The Blob. Later on, the music from Hanna-Barbera. In fact, I want to talk a little bit about that because what I'm doing here is nostalgic. And it's about the music, and in this case, the music in the television, perhaps, of my early childhood. Hanna-Barbera is a, a particular favorite of mine just because of that form of animation and how influential it was. I think we sometimes take for granted that we wouldn't have shows like uh, even Scooby-Doo today if it hadn't been for the groundbreaking work that uh, Hannah and Barbara did and trying to figure out how to uh, efficiently create animation for television in a way that would be more affordable than the more elaborate elaborate, uh, forms of animation you see in moving pictures, I guess for want of a better word. They sorted that out. And... The main reason that I picked the Hanna-Barbera show, the Super Snooper Hour, and their sort of tribute to, uh, I guess in some ways tribute to the Adams family, sort of, uh, I've heard it described as the Mad Monster Party being their way of trying to make the Monster Mash by uh, Boris Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Keepers come to life in the context of this uh, detective cartoon. But the main reason is the music. Danny Hutton, in fact, credited here as being Danny Hutton and the Hanna-Barbera Singers, was the uh, the vocalist for Monster Jerk, and my favorite from this era of all the Hanna-Barbera songs, Monster Shindig. Hutton may sound somewhat familiar, because he was one of the three lead singers from Three Dog Night, an Irish-born um, act, act, voice actor and singer, mainly singer, who started off with Hanna-Barbera, or at least Hanna-Barbera preceded the era of Three Dog Night. In the break between the first part and the rest of that you know, Super Snooper episode, I included the song The Thing by Phil Harris. And Phil Harris, another familiar voice, particularly to people who uh, enjoy The Jungle Book. That's the voice of Baloo the Bear doing a novelty song, which was really the only way I really know the singing of Phil Harris is in this genre of sort of comedy and novelty songs. But my favorite part of this first part of the show is it calls out to my mind how easy it would be for me to pick numerous different, different drummers to talk about the idea of Halloween treats, the fun side of Halloween, Halloween from a childhood nostalgia perspective. And Don Knotts easily could have been one. Don Knotts came to mind for me listening to an episode just two or three back of the Smellcast, uh, Toppy Smelly making a mention in that podcast of Don Knotts. And it reminded me that I've heard a story, can't guarantee that it's 100% true. I haven't done the research, but I've heard a story that Don Knotts from his Morgantown, West Virginia high school was voted not class clown, 
but most likely to succeed. And I think I'm tempted to suggest that that might have been a pretty accurate statement. I'm not that familiar with everyone in Knotts' graduating class from that West Virginia high school, but I would guess that there are a few who are as famous as him, and of all the works that Don Knotts put together. The Ghost of Mr. Chicken is not just my favorite, but probably my family's favorite. And when I'm referring to family, I'm not just talking about my wife and kids, but also my siblings and our parents. My relationship to the show The Ghost of Mr. Chicken goes back so far to where I can even remember a time when it was a little bit frightening. And uh, speaking of frightening, and speaking of Hanna-Barbera animation... Uh, my favorite, probably my favorite all-time Halloween thing, I, I guess you'd call it, a uh, piece of promotional advertising, marketing, if you will, for the Cartoon Network, came out shortly after The Sixth Sense and The Blair Witch Project were vying for box office supremacy in the late summer and early fall of, I want to say maybe 2000-something, 1990, well, I don't know the year, but... The Scooby-Doo Project was produced by, I believe, Cartoon Network as a way of advertising that Scooby-Doo was coming to the Cartoon Network and also making a, just a brilliant, brilliant parody of both Scooby-Doo as a show and The Blair Witch Project. Hello, I'm Velma Dinkley, and this is a documentary of one of our mysteries, that Scooby-Doo... Uh -oh. Red Jones and Daphne Blake. Hey, how you doing? Of course, I want to play myself in the movie version, and that's Norville Rogers. It's Shaggy. Like nobody calls me Norville. What's the matter, Norville? <laughs> that's not on tape, is it? Something wrong, Norville. Norville, Norville, Norville. <laughs> Very funny. Norville. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard anything about these woods being haunted? Well, you know, my grandparents used to tell a story about uh, some ten-foot-tall spikes on his arms, monster wandering in the woods. But it was big. There was a glow to it. A ghost of a Civil War soldier. Aliens. Bioengineering. Giant radioactive cattle by the nuclear plant. Hmm. It doesn't add up. All their stories are different. Right, all right, giant rats. Oh. She said giant cat, not rat, Scooby. Have you heard these woods are haunted? You kids stay away. Those woods are cursed. I never go near them. No, like I bet she never goes near a dentist either. <laughs> okay, the map says the sightings are this way. I got a weird feeling about this. Like these woods don't look like our regular woods. They look different. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Things just look more... realistic. <laughs> yeah, realistic. Come on, guys, it'll be fun. Don't forget, it's my turn to pull off the mask. We are now leaving the van and going into the woods. Bye, Bye van. Bye, van. Like, why do we have to always do these things when it's almost dark? Here's the cemetery where the curse in these woods began. Why, that's really fascinating. Why can't we go now? What do you mean? We're going to camp here. How else can we learn about the curse? Camp here? By a cemetery? Like I didn't sign on for this. The local legend is that one spooky night in 1773, yeah, yeah, the local blah, blah, people blah, 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 blah
We've got to make sure we put the tent tarp on. Now we're putting the stakes up to hold the tent. Will you please put the camera down, Velma? It might be easier without it. Well, I don't want to miss anything. Shut it off! Ah, get your feet out of my face. Who got these snack crumbs in my sleeping bag? Scooby? No, it's Raggy. Uh-uh. It must be Fred. Uh, maybe it's Daphne. Now, why would I complain if it was me? And there it was, standing on a hill above us. Claws raised, luring eyes, and a piercing scream like, like... Like this isn't a ghost story. We were all there. It turned out to be that old ship's captain, remember? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, what's that noise? Get the camera, get the camera. Huh? What is that? Let's split up and check it out. No way, Jose. <laughs> For a Scooby snack. Somebody. Anybody. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? You know, Scoob, this is the last time I get suckered into looking for a monster. Ever. Never again. I should be at home watching scary movies, not living in one and eating some pizza. Yeah, some pizza. Pepperoni pizza. <laughs> I like the Hawaiian. The sweet of the pineapple and the salty of the ham. Together really make it, Scoop. What's that? That's no bird. That's not funny. Is that a joke? Fred? Daphne? Hello? Monster? Let go of my leg, Scoob. Hey, Scoob. Let go of my leg. Scooby, my circulation will move. Scoob. Flying green tree. Green tree. Green tree. those things. Those are haunted Scooby Snacks. That creature touched them. Forget it. They're all yours, Scooby. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Did you trick me? Did you put those there? Scoob, did you trick me? He tricked me. The map says, uh, we should be... The band should be over there. We should be there in an hour. Oh, Velma. That's what you said two hours ago. Come on. The van should be over there. I need a break. My feet hurt. Well, is it our fault you wore high heels on a hiking trip? At least I try to look feminine. You don't know where we are, do you? I know. If we just follow the map... Can we just figure this out and get home? I'm done with monsters and curses. Put a fork in me. I'm done. Yeah, put a fork in me, too. Give me the um. map. Like, how can you read this map? It's just a dotted line and an X. Let's just keep moving. Wait a minute, I found a clue. Footprints. Wow, like this creature must have ten legs. No, those are our footprints. Those are our footprints. What, you mean we've gone in a big circle? Oh, man, this is so not cool. Yeah, 
I'm not cool. We're toast, man. Like toast. Fred, give me the map. I don't have the map. I gave it to you. I distinctly remember giving you the map. And I gave it back. Look, I don't want to get mad at you, Velma, so stop kidding. I'm not kidding. I don't have the map. <laughs> like I ate it, man. Scooby and I ate it. With Tabasco. <laughs> yeah, Robasco. <laughs> <laughs> it was like useless anyway. <laughs> you ate the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we can figure this out. Just, just, just remain calm. You remain calm. I am calm. You're the ones that aren't calm. I'm calmer than you. I'm always calm, man. I'm, I mean, I'm the calm one. I, I, I'm calm. I'm calm. <laughs> what are we going to do now, Velma? There's no food. No clean clothes. I haven't painted my nails in two days. Did you hear that? Hello? Hello? <coughs> Daphne, Daphne, wait! Daphne, come back! Daphne, stop! Daphne! I ripped my dress and my stockings and I broke a nail! I lost my scarf! It's my favorite one! The noises are coming from this house. Like, let's go in the haunted house in the middle of the night. Now I know why you're the smart one. Hello? Hello? Hey, look, a radio. Maybe we're on the news. Like, oh no, not music. We always get chased when there's music.
beside a dirt road. Search parties have spent several days searching the woods and found hundreds of Scooby snacks, but no trace of the teenage sleuths have been found. I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. And cold. And hunted.
That was a clip from The Simpsons from uh, their show. And I'm going to use a lot of clips both this week and next in terms of introducing sound uh, or you know, movie TV dialogue to the program. Before that, though, before The Simpsons piece, was this entire series built around the idea of Scooby-Doo. So the Scooby-Doo Project, the song Love the World from one of the episodes of Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo Club Mix, from an available from them on an album, Hanna-Barbera album, Scooby-Doo's Snack Tracks, the ultimate collection from 1998. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. I think we better split up. Good idea. Yeah, we can do more damage that way. It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spud, isn't he? I think he can hear you, Ray. Don't move. It won't hurt you.
the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Time to make it a rule. Never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline than a rule. In addition to some clips from The Wizard of Oz and Ghostbusters, that was Frank Zappa, a former different drummer, and I'm the Slime, originally released on his Apostrophe album. But the real cue here musically is that we're about to hit the different drummer, the different drummer coming from the Twilight Zone, the Night Gallery, among other things. It's Rod Serling. Now, for me, Rod Serling is a crucial part of, of really one of my favorite podcast experiences. I was a appeared a few times on uh, Geek Fights, which, if you're not familiar with them, you can find them at geekfights.net. They get together a handful of people, chipping in a uh, four or five different uh, entries of their own, maybe even six, on any different topic, and then go through with a bracket-style elimination process of pitting two of the same thing or similar things against each other. And the second one of these I did was Best Twilight Zone episode. And it really solidified for me as I was thinking through uh, preferred episodes of the Twilight Zone throughout its history that Rod Serling, despite being famous and a famous uh, TV writer and producer, is probably all the same, highly, highly underregarded. I'm going to quote a little bit from simply the Britannica.com encyclopedia entry, and then I'm going to speak to it from a couple of other perspectives, including some things that I've read on Wikipedia and on IMDb. Rod Serling was uh, an American writer and producer of television, dramas, and screenplays. He served in the U.S. Army during World War II and began writing scripts for Cincinnati, Ohio radio and television stations while a student at Antioch College. In 1951, he began selling television dramas to live network series and quickly became one of the medium's leading writers. Over the next four years, he sold 90 freelance scripts. He won a 1955 Emmy Award for his script Patterns, a story of a ruthless business executive, and a 1957 Emmy for his script Requiem for a Heavyweight. Serling's dramas were often controversial, and despite his protests, such scripts as A Town Turned to Dust about lynching and rank and file about labor union corruption were extensively revised by CBS censors. Tired of battling censors, Serling abandoned writing realistic scripts in order to produce and narrate science fiction anthology series The Twilight Zone, primarily between 1959 and 1964. For this, he won a third writing Emmy. He also wrote screenplays. He was the co-author of The Planet of the Apes, for example. For me, a lot of my experience with Serling came from Night Gallery, I'm trying to remember if I encountered Serling first through Twilight Zone or Night Gallery, and it's hard to say. At my age, I would have encountered all of those original Twilight Zone episodes in rerun syndication, and I might have seen them around the time that Night Gallery was actually a brand new show. Between the two, I freely acknowledge that the quality of Twilight Zone is significantly higher but I still have a soft spot in my heart for the horror anthology series. When I was maybe around 10 years old, 
it was horror films that I liked the best. The monster movie, for example, or the supernatural. And in addition to Night Gallery, I also enjoyed Ghost Story, also known as Circle of Fear. Similar idea. And in many ways, not that different from what Serling was doing with the original Twilight Zone. Where if you would tune in to watch a Twilight Zone episode on TV in the late 50s and early 60s, you knew every week you were going to be getting a different story, a different cast of characters, a different set of actors. It was going to be, again, Serling's innovation of producing fresh teleplay. The other thing I like about Serling is the fact that he wasn't quiet about his political views. He used writing, the medium that he loved, and television, the medium that he pioneered, to tell often subversive stories, and where he might not have been able to make a statement about race relations by hitting it directly, uh, with censors getting involved and watering down the message he was trying to deliver. He was able to actually deliver some of those same ideas uh, through the Twilight Zone, through the means of making it not about, say, black and white issues in America, but humans and aliens, and yet still get the same you know, overriding messages across. He was a you know decorated for his efforts in World War II, and yet came back staunchly opposed to the American approach to the war in Vietnam, underlying the notion that just because you are a veteran or that you've served in the military, that you can't have a perhaps broader, less traditionally politically conservative idea about the use of force. Serling was uh, coming into his fore right at the end of the McCarthy era, and during what I think was still a very strongly persistent Red Scare. He understood a lot about what censorship meant from a negative perspective, and his art was actually standing up to that censorship and doing something about it. I don't know that Halloween is the perfect holiday for Serling. Anymore, you see Twilight Zone marathons happening on the nights like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But I do know that for me, when I think about the treats of Halloween, rather than perhaps the more uh, frightening tricks type stuff, the Twilight Zone goes down pretty easy. And even Night Gallery, compared to what would come later with film series like The Evil Dead and uh, Friday the 13th, Night Gallery is, by comparison, pretty tame stuff. an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Hit it! If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. 
Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their midst. Good night, Frau Blucher. I have a hard time thinking about Halloween treats without thinking of Young Frankenstein. I'm pretty comfortable saying Young Frankenstein is my wife's favorite movie. It is one of the first movie experiences that I can remember uh, watching a film outside of the family. So going to a movie theater and watching a film for me when I was a kid was always about the family. And typically it was the whole family going together. I can remember distinctly seeing The Jungle Book at the drive-in movie theater, for example, or almost every Peter Sellers-based Pink Panther film that came out, again, in the theaters. But this one, Young Frankenstein, I can recall seeing with a bunch of school friends, and it really left an impression on me. I want to wrap up this particular treat section of Inappropriate Conversations with a couple of songs that I always think of together, and they have no connection whatsoever. One of them is an early 1970s song from Curved Air, a track called Phantasmagoria. And the other one, far more modern, Chivalry's song, Good Night Moon. Summer and swimming in sky blue, drift your mind away. 
Just a figment of your imagination. There is more to come. The next inappropriate conversations, which may not 
come out a whole week from now, it may come out sooner, is going to be the similar sound collage approach of Halloween tricks. If you'd like to put some dialogue into this conversation yourself, I can be reached at IC underscore Greg at Hotmail.com. The website has all the shows in the history of both Inappropriate Conversations and Walk the Earth at inappropriateconversations.org. You can also listen to both of those podcasts from the same feed on Stitcher.com. Stitcher is a good way to listen to podcasts on the go. I also have a SoundCloud page that I intend to get back to putting clips of the oldest shows, making sure that there's a way of giving people a shorter sound hint as to what the content of any one of those past Inappropriate Conversations shows is all about. Inappropriate Conversations is also on Twitter, at IC underscore Greg, is how I can be found there. And on Facebook, there's a page for both Inappropriate Conversations and Walk the Earth. Thanks for listening.